Hello, you beautiful Americans. Howdy, howdy. He's had a beer or two. No. And just a couple schneiders. I've just been trying a few new ones here. Pretty tasty damn beers in here. What do we call it? Where are we? Are we in... Does Groundwork Brewing become Built Blue Studios when we do our production? I think without... Yeah. Or are we no. just at Groundwork Brewery partaking in? I think I think we could call it our studio, more or less. No, why not? That's what I call it. I it's call over, it you know, Built Blue Studio coming to you from Groundwork Brewing LLC located in the Lewis Clark Valley. Get you some fantastic mm-hmm. top shelf... Beer from all over the country, world, I don't know. Country. Yeah. All over the country. damn country. So, I think we should cheers then. Fuck. Steve. Yep. Beautiful mm. sound. It's On a that beautiful note, sound. Wh- what are you drinking there? Me, today I'm enjoying a fantastic amber ale from Waddell's. It's called their Fireman Amber. And it yeah. is every bit of... It's a nice... Huge cedar looking tap back there. Right. With a with a fireman on it. Yeah. Where's the well, pl- judge you on that. where's the law enforcement beers? Uh, yeah, I know, right? Where are those at? Because they drink cheap beer. I mean, you know, if Kevin, if you're listening, he's always drinking that what is it, Bud Light? I thought it was a Keystone guy. Maybe he is drinking Keystone. That poor soul. Either way. That poor soul. He needs, down to, here. he needs to come down to groundwork and get taken care of. I agree. Get down here, drink a real beer, bud. Yeah. Give your balls a tug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a beautiful world we live in, isn't it? It is. You know, you, it's a beautiful America. Yeah. Beautiful country. But that makes that begs the question, what if it ended? What if it ended? <gasps> yeah. We started, I kind of, what was it, yesterday? I was like, all right, since me and the family were talking about it, I had to bring you in on the conversation because mm-hmm. for our birthday dinner the other day, mm-hmm. um, we were all hanging out on the po- patio sipping on some brews and good mixed drinks and uh, we all started talking about so what are we gonna do if shit hitteth the fan yeah and not like a end of the world not yeah, like red dawn style no no well, maybe red oh, dawn it could style. be that you know it could be one of those options you never know yeah but um and not like nothing extreme like a zombie apocalypse or anything we're gonna like talk that. about that too though we're gonna talk about it though eventually but just that's right fun because that makes it fun that's just fun but it's and i asked you i was like so what's your plan if shit hit the fan and you just kind of pause for a minute? I'm like, I'm going to come grab you and Miranda and then we're going out to my parents' house. That's your plan. Yeah, pretty much. I figure mom and dad, they have a pretty damn good location. After we discussed it and everything, you have high ground, you've got, you know, self-sufficient, you're long enough ways. We figured if it was nuclear, which, you know, that's one of the options. Shit could hit the fan that way. I think if it's nuclear, we're all kind of fucked. Kind of, but we're actually, if you look at the maps for where they project all the nuclear attacks to be this and up into canada is one of the safest places to be really because the closest place to get attacked by a nuclear warhead seattle you got to figure that well, there's not every fucking place is going to get hit right. by a nuke it's only the big ones seattle um or like maybe LA. seattle would possibly be one because they have big shipyards for the military yeah. uh for the navy but um spokane would be the probably the closest one if they decide to hit it because you have fair fair child air force air force base oh but we are well, far enough away from the blast then, on that but then you got to think from like what perspective are they aiming for like casualties or are they aiming to like shut down the u.s military exactly shut down because like military. if you're looking for casualty you're gonna aim for like la right seattle new york city so you're probably gonna want to do miami both. 
So they're not really going to give a shit about this area. Maybe Walla Walla because they have all those bunkers up there. Um, yeah, maybe that they keep stuff, you know, locked away in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're, if you look at like all the projected, like what if maps, this actually isn't a horrible area for nuclear fallout type stuff. I love how they do the projection maps though. Like, Oh, this is where this fictional crazy bastard is going to drop these bombs that are made up. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But it kind of gives you an idea because there is some science put into it, but at the same time, you know, all that stuff you don't know until it actually happens. Yeah. It's, it's projection, right? Mostly is all it's going to be, but yeah, no, it's actually kind of fun. You know, I, used to kind of make fun of people or just, you know, yeah, whatever, you know, you guys spend your money on your prepping and all this stuff. And I'm still not huge in dropping dollars on a big what if situation, but Mm -hmm. it just kind of raises the idea of why not be like generally prepared, like lay the foundation of preparation to where if something does happen, you have everything ready to just kind of, you don't have to go and buy a freaking canvas tent and, Mm -hmm. you know, a huge Faraday cage for your whole damn house and stuff. You know, you don't have to go that extreme, but why not have, you know, weapons and ammo for hunting and, you know, self-defense and then also have, you know, some shovels and hose for, you know, doing a garden so that Mm -hmm. you can be self-sustained. Stuff like that. Yeah. Little things. Big bags of salt laying around. But then it makes you think, because obviously, you know, there are those people that, A, they just lay the foundation out. Mm -hmm. And then there's those people that they go all out. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? Those people. Well, there's a show called Preppers. Oh yeah, and no, man, it, they're they're it, almost it, crazy. It makes it uh, almost. Yeah, but then if the shit ever actually hit at the van, then who's crazy? Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. You guys are making fun of us this whole time. No, you can't come in. Right. But one thing I didn't realize because there's people out there that obviously invest in like bomb shelters and bunkers and stuff like that. Right. Would it would it weird you out if I sat here and said they're affordable? Um, not not really, because honestly, I've looked at them a little bit before. So I found this company online. I don't know. Are we allowed to name names? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a company from Texas. Okay. That says right here, they're all steel mini bunkers delivered and installed anywhere in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. What does that say? Well, it says only $45,000, but I can't tell with a lifetime warranty, but I can't tell if that's like the installation fee because the price of the bunkers underneath are different. They've obviously okay. got like 50 million different types Options. of bunkers. Right. But the lowest is an 8x12 mini bunker uh-huh. for 39500 Oh, shit. And the installation fee is forty five grand. I don't know. I don't know if it's like the 39000 is the installed price. Yeah. Or if it's 39000 plus forty five for delivery and installation. So it could be That's one or two. A, still, but let's, not affordable. let's go out on That's a limb affordable. here and say like the thirty nine thousand is like the installed, right, ready to rock price. Exactly. Now, granted, the eight by twelve mini bunker, you know, it's eight by twelve feet. It's small exactly. as hell. Like the only thing in it. Let's look here. It's got one set of bunk beds, mm-hmm. a sink, not even a stove. It's got literally like one of those little camp stove tops that you would take. Right. A shower and a toilet. That's all it's got. You know. So it would literally be for like you and maybe one other person to survive. For a little bit. And it's got a very small storage room, so you probably can't keep much food in it as it is. But you figure for a bomb shelter, though, you're going to be, you know, you're just going to be in it during the bombing. And then, you know, after shit's done 
blowing up all around you, then you just come back out and, oh, hey, we hear planes again. Everybody get back in the bomb shelter. Now, this is the part where I kind of wonder, like, have they ever actually done this? Or is this, like, they just kind of made it up. And if somebody's willing to pay the bill, then they'll they'll put it together. Right. Because they've got some, I don't even know which one to talk about because there's so many options. But let's just go with the most expensive. Uh-huh. Right here, the aristocrat for the low price of $8.35 million. Oh, shit. Are we burying a mansion? Mm, damn near. Let's okay, zoom I got to see the ship. Let's zoom in on the photo here. Well, I want to talk about it first, and then I'll show it to you. Okay, okay. So it comes, well, it wouldn't just be for one family. It comes with, let's see here. How many? Oh, no, go back. There we go. One, two, three, four, five. Six comes with six living spaces. Holy shit. Like for families. Each individual living space comes with a queen, a, a bigger bed. I don't know if it's a queen or a king, obviously. Uh-huh. And then a room with two sets of bunk beds in it. Uh-huh. That's one living space. And then also in the living space is a couch, a TV, a bathroom, a laundry room. Uh, yeah. Damn. From from what I can see, that's what it's got. Right. Then you get out in the main area. It's got a garage that can fit five vehicles in it. Uh huh. A workshop, a full kitchen, full living room, full dining room, a gym, huge yeah. a huge storage room, a greenhouse for gardening, like we talked it's about. It's got its own greenhouse in there. It's got its own greenhouse. <laughs> it's got a swimming pool and a jacuzzi. It's got a game room where in the diagram shows foosball tables, pool tables, ping pong tables, things of that nature. Uh, it's got a gun range right That's next badass. right next to the bowling alley. How many yards? How many yards? I don't know. It looks like mm, maybe 50, 25, something yeah. like that. But the gun range is right next to the bowling alley. See? Oh, dude. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll have and to screenshot that and put we that will. up. We'll video. have to post that. But that's, yeah. eight, like I said, that's $8.83 million. Damn. And then they've got bunkers like this one's $3 million, $1.5 million, $1 million, uh, $156,000. You know, there's a lot of in-between room, I guess you'd say. Right. Like, even looking at this one... Where'd that one go? I found one that was called the Eagle. There it is right there. The Eagle is 539000 Right. Okay. And it comes with a full living space, living quarters for what appears to me to be three families. Uh-huh. You got your living as a food services of America pulls up outside there. Yeah, that's why I keep looking outside. Yeah. I think he's for here for the love shack. Oh, I'm not sure. So. But it comes with full living quarters for three families, including extra beds kind of strung out. Throughout right. the place. Tool shed, workshop, full bathroom, kitchen, all this. Comes with two kitchens, actually. Damn. Comes with and a these mat. are buried, right? Yeah, these are underground. I swear, if this guy comes up here and knocks on our door. No, he's... Oh, okay, okay. It's okay. We're not getting interrupted. Right. No, this one comes with... Uh, but this one, honestly, looking at it, seems like the more practical... Uh, yeah, because really... You, are you going to care about swimming and having a jacuzzi? Do you need a goddamn bowling alley? Yeah, no. Really? No. Did you know. know there's a guy down um, off of Highway 12? He's a pro bowler, and he actually has like three or four lanes in his basement. Like bowling alley, like in his basement. He's a professional bowler. He lives yeah. off of Highway 12. 
No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Dad's the one who told me that. Random, hmm. random fact of the day. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Right? Well, I guess rich and famous people are scattered out all over hell. It is. It's crazy. Well, did you also know, like, Kamii, all those, like, surrounding, like, up above Kamii and stuff? You, pro- you probably knew this. A lot of rich people come and, like, retire out there or just have, like, getaway houses. Well, I know, like, the Coeur d'Alene area has a lot of rich and famous people. We especially when you start going out, like, the Wrath Drum and those areas. Mm-hmm. The that- rural... It's like the rural rich country Fucking club stuff. Jennifer Lopez has a house up there. No shit. No shit. Jennifer oh. Lopez and A Rod have a house in the Coeur area. Obviously, nobody ever discloses exactly where. Yeah. But yeah, they sure you can figure it out. They have, still. A house. they have a house in the fucking Coeur area for like their getaway huh. house. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Interesting shit. But yeah, this shelter's the Eagle is five hundred and thirty nine thousand. Which you know, if you think if you're you know. If you're a person making six figures, that's probably what your mortgage is going to be anyways. That's right, right in that half a million so dollars. Why not, so why not just live in the bomb shelter? Exactly. And I was kind of getting sidetracked looking outside. So they are underground. Yeah. Okay. No, they're buried. See, and you know. They're buried. They all come with uh, bomb doors and stairways down into them. That's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. And you know, the cool thing is with that. So a little bit of backstory on underground stuff. I've always thought underground stuff is cool. Like I used to do cave uh they call it spelunking when you go into caves and stuff down Mm -hmm. in arkansas that's where my aunt and uncle at uncle at the time they're divorced now anyways um going through caves and stuff you know miles and miles you know go a couple miles down into the earth and doing all that fun shit and so underground stuff's always been cool to me well growing up my same aunt that lived down there Uh bought me this kids and some of you guys might know what this is is it's like the all-american boys handy book and it has everything in there from like making a what are those things called bola bola the ones that you like spin around it has like little oh like r- the rocks on the ends yeah and you freaking throw them at game and yeah stuff. yeah i've seen those yeah so it has like how to make those all the way up to like making your own fort above the ground uh-huh. on like ground level how to make a like sailboat and also it has like underground like making underground like shelters and stuff and like supporting them how to do it properly guess when this book was written the 50s 1900s like 1902 is when it was published yeah and it's like all like handwritten diagrams of like measurement it's a cool ass book so underground stuff's always fascinated me and i always thought it would be cool if you had like a big badass house underground because if you think about it like you have you been out to mom and dad's no. Okay. We're going to have to go out there one day. Yeah. Because up in their field, they have twenty, uh, about 15 acres up in the top field. That's like, it's generally flat, but I think it'd be perfect for an underground house. You dig that big ass hole that you're going to stuff that house down in, mm-hmm. and then you cover it back over and grow everything back over the top of it. You would never know it's there unless you were looking for it if you like hide everything appropriately. That would be well, badass. That's true. No, and it definitely would. That's not, I don't know. I just, I think, I don't know. I've never actually looked into it. But I wonder if there's like concerns that nobody ever talks about when it comes to underground stuff like that. Well, you also got to figure, you know, it depends on what material they're using for the walls. That shit, you know, moisture and ground start eating stuff up. So unless they're using high quality materials for like, you know, your outside, anything that's in contact with the earth is going to um, degrade quicker than something that's above the ground. So here's now that you mention it, now that you mention a bunker with growing stuff over the top of it and no. stuff like that, it reminded me of this story of a fugitive in wisconsin uh-huh. yeah there it is fugitive child porn suspect missing since 2016 this was published in august 15th of this year mm-hmm. is found hiding in an underground bunker in wisconsin missing for three years no shit mm-hmm. 
He was facing first-degree child sexual assault, possession of child pornography, found hiding in an underground bunker in Ringle, Wisconsin, and he had been missing since 2016. Jeremiah Button, 44, was two weeks away from a jury trial in Portage County, Wisconsin, when he disappeared in early 2016. Uh, Button had been out on $25,000 cash bond Mm -hmm. for about a year and a half when he vanished. Uh, That was when he built the bunker. He would later tell deputies uh, of the sheriff's office he carved it into an embankment near an ice age trail on state land in the township of Ringle and protected it from sight by by thickening brush that he had planted. Button would escape detention from law enforcement for almost three and a half years until he, until a concerned hunter called police after stumbling upon the front door to the bunker. Damn. <laughs> wow. That's pretty so impressive. Yeah, you can hide. Yes, you can. <laughs> and if he hadn't put it in like a, such a, well, obviously, you know, someone mm-hmm. found it. So imagine if that guy just like went out into the middle of like selway or the north fork or something up there and just like oh yep i'm gonna put a bunker in here in the middle of freaking nowhere just walk for 15 days oh wow the hunter actually when he found the door he went in Mm. he went into the bunker Mm, i wouldn't do that he said i pushed the door open i looked inside i could see canned foods little storage boxes and things like that i told myself i have to go in i went around the corner a bit and there he was laying in the bed huh He he was asleep so the hunter left called the police and the police came and arrested him. Interesting. Huh. That's crazy. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I, I think I may, I, maybe I would open it. Honestly. Yeah. Curiosity. I'd probably like see, is it unlocked? Open it. And I'd see all this shit in there. And I'd be like, well, obviously someone's like a little prepared for something. I'm not going to walk in there just in case they're sitting around the corner with a 12 gauge already blow brains out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's good. Good that they caught that piece of shit, but still. Wow. So, in, in your opinion, um, not to go away from the underground bunker because that shit would be fun as hell, but yeah. what, in your opinion, if the world was to come to like a screeching halt as we know it, uh-huh. like what, what do you think would bring it to that point? Like if we were nuclear EMP, financial down. Uh, Am I not allowed to say zombies? I mean, you could say zombies if you want. <laughs> zombies? I don't think, I don't think zombies would be I don't think The things that they can do with biological warfare, I mean. That's true. You never know. Ebola. I don't know. I honestly think if it if it was legitimately going to happen, uh-huh. it would have to be some form of a financial crisis. Yeah. But even if it was a financial crisis, it wouldn't, it would, it wouldn't be like the day the market crashed is the day everything went to shit. Right. Like it would have to be like a Great Depression on steroids uh-huh. that didn't stop for 15 years. Right, exactly. And then everything slowly went away. Mm-hmm. People lost their jobs. People lost their houses. People lost everything. Right. And then things went to shit. Exactly. That's, in yeah. my opinion, that's well, the way could you have to go. On that note of like a great, a modern day Great Depression, could you imagine the amount of pan? We, I mean, we have X amount times how many people we have now we have so many more people than the great depression oh right? god I it's know. just stupid our population now if that happened this day of an age in america how hectic everything would be i mean you have people who the big cities alone i mean that right there mm-hmm. no one has any way of being self-sufficient i mean there's some there's people in the cities that go to the store every night or every other night to pick up their meals <sighs> 
And so, yeah. I mean, yeah. So if a great, just a great depression alone was to happen again in this country, it wouldn't be, you know, yeah, it was crazy then. I mean, there was still crime and crazy shit happening with people losing their minds over not having you know money and access to the things they used to. I think it would be 10, hundredfold of the outcome of the last great depression a hundred years ago. Well, I think now even looking at it, because since you brought it up, of course I got to Google it real quick. Mm-hmm. Population in the United States in 1939, which is when the market crashed was 130.9 million people 2019 330 million so what was the first number 130 130 and now we have 319 130.9 million uh-huh and then the United States 2019 population is estimated to be 329,064,917 that seems kind of low well compared to but no, compared to 130 still. mil in 39. Oh, yeah. Triple. And now we're over. Yeah, we're triple the size. So you're right. Yeah. Because I agree. I mean, when it comes to something that seems a little more realistic right now, because I don't know how many of you guys follow like the financial stuff, but everything's going good. Like stocks are great. You know, the money that you're bringing in on investment stuff, everything's just been climbing. Housing markets climbing in a lot of areas like around here, for example. I mean, you look at the price of a house 20 years ago Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, it's quadrupled. It's it's ridiculous. It's, I mean, the value of things are going up. Things are just steadily climbing. I mean, if you look just alone at your 401k on average, your returns are just always getting better and better unless you're, you know, dabbling in things that are extreme and not getting you anywhere but anyways high risk situations high yeah. risk situations on stuff that's not really going to probably do anything anyways um upward trends historically always never once has this not happened upward trends always go down i mean mm-hmm. it it always happens eventually yep and it might not be tomorrow and i not be 10 years from now it might be 50 but it's eventually every good thing comes to an end mm-hmm. it's just the way it is no that's History has shown that. And on that note, which is kind of, you know, scary to think about, but if you look at every great empire since the beginning of, you know, I'll use the term biblical time because, you know, historically looking at, you know, biblical time frame is all the great empires and stuff Mm -hmm. that we all know about and learn in, you know, secular history and stuff like Babylon, um, Greece, Rome. All those great empires who were huge all crumbled down. They came crumbling down. Greece, no one thought Greece could come down. Greece came, Greece gone. Nobody thought Rome was going to go anywhere. Rome was huge. Rome was the empire of the world. They had the world mm-hmm. and gone. Yep. And you look at America was the number one nation in the world, and they I think they rank them a little bit lower now below China, if I remember correctly. In terms of what? In terms of like financial success, military, all that stuff, like our technology oh, is gotcha. great. Like our military, in my opinion, is the best in the world when mm-hmm. it comes to manpower and the training and technology that we have. But America is kind of slowly kind of started that downward trend of just, you know, making stupid decisions of like whether it's financial stuff or um, relationships with shithead countries that we shouldn't be even dabbling in, stuff like that, that's caused us to kind of fall. Uh, fall off the waste fall off the wayside of being the greatest country in the world because of a lot of the shit that we've done and we're just kind of slowly spiraling down with some of our stupid not to get in politics some of our stupid laws that we're starting to implement like this whole thing on guns 
Oh, don't get me started on migrants. I know. It just, and, and the thing is, is like you, just when you think like the American people fought back hard enough, okay, they're leaving it alone. Then they come up with this, all this red flag bullshit that's popping up. Yeah, it's not. Well, know, and then dude. that no it's Beto guy. Hey, remember that? He's like, did you watch that video? Of the, he- the hell, hell yes, yes video? Hell yes, we'll take Did you watch the Colorado 15s? mom? Oh, yeah. That, that was the one who, um, they, she worked for the, um, was, it was in Rifle, Colorado, right? I think. Yeah. It was around Aurora. I know that. I think it was in Rifle, Colorado. Was that the same one who they had a um, restaurant that they all open carried in? That one? I don't think it was the same Okay, woman. so I'm thinking of a different no. one. No. So the video I'm talking about was in Colorado. That Beto guy mm-hmm. went and did a speech in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. And then he opened it up for like questions from people and stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. Did you see that video? I didn't see it, no. Yeah, this mom basically grabbed the mic and said, yeah, I'm here to tell you, hell no, you're not. You're not taking my gun. And the thing is, is like everybody who is pro second. This Amendment, isn't political, right? No, no. Is it? Okay. This is our constitutional rights. Okay. This right. we can talk right, about. We'll this get shit. into it. We we'll can get, get into, into it. it. Fuck it. Um, I'm out of beer. Uh, might have to do a refill here in a second. Oh, should we do one before we get into this hot topic? I think so. You gonna I grab me one too? Be. Yeah, I'll grab you one. Okay. Don't worry. I'll just keep. I'll keep them entertained keep, for a minute. Keep our beautiful Americans entertained. For I a wish minute. I had a remote to like focus in while you're like pouring, oh, but yeah, there you go. That's okay. We'll get one of those uploaded here soon. So while he's pouring another good brewski, you got my sour set up, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going for another sour. Man, can't go wrong with that sour. But this this topic that... No, number four from the right. So this topic we're going to get into is kind of a... It's a big deal that's kind of popping up. It's starting mostly on the East Coast and the, you know, those... When, what are we? We're, we're red, right? If you're Republican, you're red. I think so. I'm always I'm horrible on that color stuff. But you look at those states like, you know, Maine and Maryland, the ones that, you know, if you look up your concealed carry permit, the ones that absolutely you can never carry in California, um, these laws are starting to take effect that are a huge attack on our Second Amendment rights, you know, the conversation that we're about to have here. And it's sad and scary. And the thing is, is we're getting closer and closer to where it's going to happen. Uh, that's my personal opinion. It's not going to be a like the NRA and all the pro second amendment guys are going to fight back and we're going to win again. I don't think that's going to last much longer. Why not? I know. I mean like we're going to keep fighting no matter what. Cause when it comes to pro second amendment people, they will die for their rights. And I'm one of those people. You're yeah. not going to come to my house and you're not going to get my guns. I yeah. will die for my rights, especially those ones. Anything in the constitution, you know, and the bill of rights, those are things that blood was shed to protect those rights. Um, but it's going to get to the point where we, the government's going to be like, Oh fuck you guys. We don't care how many people speak out against us. We want to get our way and it's going to get extreme in my opinion. Well, you know, that happened already, right? Which time the first article, or actually this one, November 6, 2018 hmm. Ferndale, Maryland. Enlighten me. I might know about it, but two, police officers ordered to remove firearms from a house based on a red flag protective order end up killing him right that one killed the homeowner yep because he came to the door and said you're not we'll see he, ans- he answered the door with a gun then he set it down they said we're here to take your guns he said the hell you are grabbed his gun mm-hmm. and then they shot him and killed him which granted from a police officer perspective it's that's uh, shitty you know? oh exactly and the thing you're, um, I you're know ordered you. to do that anytime you kill somebody on in the line of duty 
you know, it's fucking terrible. Anytime oh, a police officer's killed in the line of duty, it's fucking terrible. But something like that, that's, that's oh, a, I know that's you, a different animal. I know I can speak for you too on this one, but if our department was to be like, all right, red flag laws implemented, we just got a call on this person, just a normal citizen, just got turned in because we feel they're threatening us and they have guns and stuff. All right, we're going to go do a no knock warrant or even just a knock and talk and take your guns. All right, I'm not going to carry that out. That's when I will lay my badge on the table and be like, nope. Now, if it's a felon. I don't, I don't know if I could. Now, like you like uh, you were just going to get to, if it's a, f- a violent felon or somebody that. Completely different story. Yeah, that has, like, say, a domestic violence convicted individual or right. a felon or things like that. We already do stuff like that's that. That's something else. That yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. But if you get convicted of misdemeanor domestic violence, you lose your gun rights. Right. Exactly. Like that, that's just what happens. Right. And But if it's just one of those things like, you know, Betty down the road saw John walking out to his car with his gun on his side and yeah. she thinks he's a huge and threat. So before, she calls he, him in. before he walked out of the house, he forgot to take his t-shirt and put it over his right. Glock 19. So she red flags him, calls the cops and with the what red exactly? flag law. I don't even know. I've just heard the term. I don't know exactly what the hell Where does red flag. So like what are the rules? I guess I'd say I have so many damn tabs open up here. I, I, I actually Googled it in preparation for this and apparently my, preparation didn't work so i'm gonna look this up real quick um so red flag laws and in whole red flag law this is just doing a quick google is a gun control law that permits police or family members to petition or family members to petition a state court to order the temporary removal of firearms from a person who may present a danger to others or themselves now that's just a quick so going back it said it allows police officers or family members Mm-hmm. To petition the court for temporary removal of firearms. Yep. That's temporary. that's just like a quick little Wikipedia clip as you Google it. Um, so these Wikipedia. are the states that have uh, red flag laws in place. So you have California, the of course, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Illinois, duh, Indiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont. Oh, great, Washington and the District of Columbia. Washington State. <sighs> Fuck. I live in that state. Yeah, but you live on the east side. Of the yeah, state. we live on the east side. At least that's where yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like, like we were just saying, if it, there's, there's, there's two line, there's two sides of that line. You have the convicted felon, dangerous criminals, people who are not supposed to be in possessions of weapons by laws that are already in place and are completely reasonable. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then you have the other side, which is completely extreme. Judy, the neighbor, doesn't like guns and so she gets pissed off because you know bob walked out of his house with his ar to go to the range and she thinks he's a huge threat because you know guns are scary and guns kill people yeah on that note i always gotta say guns don't kill people people kill people anyways (laughs) um and so she calls the cops and or she goes and petitions and does everything and then they come and try to take uh, who did I say, Bob? I don't know, whatever name I give him. They come and try to take Bob's guns. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, like, to use me as an example, you know, right next to the bed um, in the nightstand, I've got my Glock 17. So something goes bump in the night, I wake up with that gun, and I should probably throw clothes on because I don't want to scare anybody. But Worst thing about getting killed by a man is getting killed by a naked man. Exactly. So maybe I shouldn't put them on. Embarrass them. Hell yeah. But no. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine if, or like they survive and be like, I got scared and this naked man came out with a gun and <laughs> shot me. <laughs> oh shit. That'd be funny. 
but um but if the cops come knocking on your door and i mean i've had people now they knock on my door and i'm not expecting anybody i'm not expecting you family neighbors anything so i'll grab mm-hmm. my gun and i'll you know stick in my shorts or my pants whatever and i'll answer the door some there's been times where i'll just answer the gun answer it with the gun behind my leg now yeah. what if i just walk up to the door and the gun's by my side you know got my 19 or my 17 just by my side and you know it's the cops coming to take my guns and they see a gun in my hand and problem. you get some scared freaking rookie or something who all of a sudden oh he's got a gun and you know they blast you right there or what if it's like a no-knock situation where they th- just kick your door and kick your door in well i'm sorry if you no knock on my door i'm sorry if it's the cops or something i i'm gonna fight back and you know i am a cop mm-hmm. but when they do no knocks they go in to take shit down right then and there it's supposed to be a silent quick happening yeah and so what's saying that and i'm not saying for me but what's saying that anybody who's there to protect their home it's your fucking castle you protect that shit yeah if you're legally able to um that yeah you're eventually going to die but you're going to also be shooting at cops or a SWAT team or something you get what i'm saying it's a shitty situation it all is the way around. Sh- it is shitty and it's a complete bullshit law protect enforce the laws that are in place felons people who do not need to have guns the mm-hmm. mentally insane people like that the people who are exercising their second amendment rights they need they get to have guns in the fucking constitution says you can well, i think and this is kind of my logic that i put in my head on the way kind of into town because these random thoughts just come to my head because I'm pretty sure I've got some kind of ADD or something like that. I think we both do. I probably, but that's probably what makes it somewhat fun to do podcasts. Hell yeah. Is it, how do I look at it? Looking at it from a, and I think mostly it's because that video popped up on my news feed. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know, that hell yes video is all over the goddamn place right now. Oh, dude. But yeah. it's like, okay, people, all people want to talk about is the legal guns. And I agree there needs to be some kind of some kind of issue but i think the main issue isn't and i don't mean to beat a dead horse but the main issue isn't in the goddamn gun because you can have how do i put this screw it i think get what you're coming from Go, go well you can it's like telling a police officer okay let's look at drugs for instance let's look at the war on drugs that's been going on since fucking the beginning of mankind right okay if you tell me as a police officer get all the drugs off the street period no matter what they are if they signed these red flag logs or whatever these confiscation buybacks all their shit Mm -hmm. okay and they said whether it's given to you by a doctor given to you by anybody any form of drugs Mm -hmm. comes off the street right now right okay the first place the government's gonna go is to all the legal drugs, all the prescription, all the, all these things. Right. Because then it turns into, I know where the legal ones are. Right. If I knew where the illegal ones were. Would have taken care of them a while ago. I would have got rid of them. Yeah. I would have taken care of it. Exactly. But I don't know where the illegal ones are. Well, and on that note, I think I can branch off and kind of accompany you on this, is laws like this extreme laws that are put in place, like the hypothetical drug law, Mm -hmm. um, same with guns, those laws, the extreme gun laws only affect those who are law abiding citizens. Right. The ones who, and I shouldn't say affect, but, um, the ones who are going to comply with that are the law abiding citizens. The ones who it's going to detrimentally affect is 
the law abiding citizens. So like when you go mm-hmm. and take people's guns, there, there are going to be those people who have their hunting rifle, you know, like the guy in New York who does hunting with, you know, they hunt with shotguns out there. I don't know, whatever they use. And they put this law in place. No one can have a gun at all whatsoever. You can't have a gun. The people, the law abiding citizens who were able to have them before are going to be the ones to turn those in or going to be treated as criminals. Yeah. The criminals are criminals. They're going to continue to commit crime. And they, I mean, they I would love if you could, if you had this all magical power to be like, how many guns are in the world and get, or in the U S and get an exact number, you would probably, oh, not, I wouldn't because I know there's a shit ton, but a normal person would probably shit their pants because there are so many guns out there and the criminals are going to hide. Yeah. The criminals like, Oh, guns are illegal. I'm going to turn that in with my heroin, which is oh, that's been illegal for fucking ever. Well, it's not even, and I mean, obviously it's pretty clear what side of the spectrum you and I both lay on, but, but trying to play to just getting the point of where we're coming from out there. Yeah. There's the associated press in 2018, as I've, skimming off a headline here Uh just in chicago right chicago illinois how many illegal guns do you think were estimated to be in the city of chicago not the state of illinois not the eastern side of the united states just fucking chicago illegal guns were estimated to be in the city of chicago that year Fifty thousand. Nine thousand. Nine thousand. that seems really fucking low right there, yeah, that, that's got to be off, in my opinion. It's got to be off, but any estimation is going to be... Exactly. Uh, it's going to be way higher, way low, because there's no way to know exactly what. It's Police in the 6th District mm-hmm. of the Chicago Police Department, I don't know how big the 6th District is in Chicago or anything like that, seized 1,000 illegal guns alone. In what? what is that? In saying? 2018. Oh, yeah. So that's just seizing. That's not even going, probably not even going and looking for them. Maybe well, a couple warrants. Well, that's, there. yeah. Maybe a couple warrants with guns or crimes or search warrants or whatever. Yeah. But a thousand guns. Out of one so precinct. So you think out of one precinct in one city. So you think they're pulling three or four guns off the street a day. Yeah. And it's Chicago. Exactly. It's not fucking helping. No. It's, it's not. not. It's just, you compare it to the drugs. It's like, so you, even if you look at, okay. The one district in Chicago, if you look at every police department in the world or in the country, if they pulled three to four guns off the street a day, in theory, that's good numbers. That's, yeah. It's not going to help. No. Because you, well, you compare it. I, I like comparing it to drugs. Drugs have been illegal forever, and drugs are still a huge epidemic. Ever, you know, criminals are still using drugs. Mm-hmm. But you see how much drugs are pulled off the streets. Like sometimes you see these huge busts of like massive, ma- massive kilo amounts of meth, heroin, cocaine, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fentanyl. fucking do anything. Fentanyl. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. And no. the thing is it's the removing items isn't in my opinion. And maybe you agree. Isn't the answer It's the people that are the answer. Absolutely. It's the criminals, well, the drug lords, those are the ones that need to go. The amount of guns have gone up as population's gone up because exactly. obviously that's just a given. But if you look at the gun to person ratio, like even back in like the 1980s, the 70s, the 60s, wherever you want to look. Mm-hmm. Before basically 1999 when Columbine happened, that right. was the first massive, especially school shooting. That wasn't the first mass shooting at all, right? No. No. Not not by a long shot. No. But you look just at, made the news. Right. You look at Columbine making the news mm-hmm. and being the first school shooting perspective. Mm-hmm. 
the the amount of guns has never changed. Like the, it's either the mental health or the drugs or it's something else going on there. And maybe it maybe it has to do with the amount of illegal guns that get brought into the country. Right. But taking the legal guns away isn't going to solve the illegal gun problem. If anything, okay, think about this. From the perspective of a individual who enjoys his right to carry a firearm and protect himself, protect others, protect right. property, things like that within mm-hmm. state laws and reasons and if say, we can go on all day about that. Right. The police knock on my door. And they say, we're, we're here to take your guns. Right. Period. You have no choice. If you fight us, we're either going to shoot you or we're going to take you to jail. Uh-huh. We're taking your guns. They take my guns. What's stopping me now from thinking, well, I have to be able to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go buy that illegal Glock down the street for 200 bucks. Right. Exactly. So if anything, or, all you're going to do is you're going to influx the number of illegal firearms in the country. Uh-huh. And that's going to be that. Exactly. Or even what if you, you know, I've thought same scenario, hand them over a couple. That's all I have, you know. Well, I'm sure at that point they would like search your house or they'd have some kind of warrant to like right. search your whole goddamn kid and caboodle. But, but you still. look at, okay, so look at, you've got guns. Your brother mm-hmm. has guns. Your dad has guns. Mm-hmm. Everybody in your family has guns. Exactly. They could take your guns, but what if you keep your guns at your dad's house? Exactly. I've got. What that. if you keep? I have, I have quite a few guns at my dad's house. And I have quite a few guns at in-laws. It's not even. I don't know. the The shitty thing is nobody disagrees at the fact that something needs to get done. Right. Where people disagree is how it gets done. Yeah. And what steps to take to get it there? Exactly. And you know the thing is, is like I said, is it's the attack on a object an inanimate non-self-sustained object a gun it is a hunk of metal with some plastic in it that sends a projectile downrange but does it do it on its own fuck no you it, it requires a living breathing willful thinking person to cause that action to be put into place you know if you look at crime related or um, violent related deaths guns aren't the number one as a whole as a whole category they're they're high up there but guns can be put in a category but you look at like stabbings beatings chokings strangulation stuff like that uh-huh. those categories together the way people are killed is way more than just if you just take guns as one category as well, yeah, a violent people, related death. people are gonna well you look at okay guns let's, haven't always been around let's live in a hypothetical world for a second right where they take away every gun that isn't on a police officer's hip mm-hmm. or a military man or woman's hip right people are still gonna kill people oh exactly it's, it's, that's Granted, people kill the, people the effectiveness is gonna go way down right but there's no way it's just like the estimate nine thousand guns mm-hmm. illegal guns in chicago in 2018 right you and i both sit here and look at each other and think that estimation is way the fuck off. Right, exactly. It's, it's terrible. It's uh-huh. way off. So how? But there's no way of knowing. Exactly. It's oh, not yeah. like these. It's not like when a criminal brings in a duffel bag full of illegal AR-15s or AK-47s or whatever the hell they're going to bring in. Right. They're not checking in with their local police department to tell them. Oh, hey, by the way, how many guns they brought in from either Mexico, Canada, overseas? They're not doing it. No, exactly. It's just like, I mean. I don't know if you'd be able to even successfully Google this, but what's the hypothetical amount of heroin or meth in Chicago? That's going to be way the fuck off because who the hell reports? Oh, hey guys, by the way, I have 500 kilos of methamphetamine in my, you know, drug cartel basement. Yeah. 
No. It's just like but you even said. you look at even in my and this is the scary thing thinking about um, perspective. Like you and I both know a federal law enforcement officer that recently came away with what law enforcement would call a really good bust, mm-hmm. being a pound of methamphetamine. Oh yeah, especially for small town, rural Idaho things like that. Right. This guy goes down with a pound of methamphetamine hidden in his vehicle. Right. And of course, through interviews, interrogations, you know, things of that nature. That was a trip that he made once or twice a week. Exactly. From a location two to three hours away. Right. And Every twice a week. Right. That's 104 pounds of methamphetamine coming into your area every year just from this one guy. Exactly. How and many? Who's to say? You don't know how many trips are being made. You uh-huh. don't know who's making the fucking trips. And what you is don't all these hauling? Maybe just that one time it was just a light yeah, load for him. Maybe that time. Maybe one pound is a light load. Maybe five pounds was the normal load for him. Exactly. Maybe a pound is heavy. We have no fucking way of telling because believe it or not, criminals are full of shit. Exactly. That's weird. Humans lie. So yeah, it's just yeah, and, and it's just like just like I said earlier. You know, the attack is on a object, and the the focus should be on the people exactly the people the the ones who are breaking the laws because i'm in in my opinion yeah i agree with you to an extent that yes something needs to be done but if you look at the laws that are in place we've put those laws in place for things to be done but there's deficiencies in like you know mental health like if someone comes in schizophrenic and they're screaming on a hospital bed for three days that they want to kill you and all this shit and then they just you know get doped up and get released and they're not declared medically insane by a court that's where that's where our failure is is things of that nature enforcing the laws of like you know there's loopholes for felons to get access to guns you may know of a certain example that i'm about to bring up where a convicted felon in multiple states got a hold of a firearm from his significant other Mm -hmm. who could very could legally own a firearm mm-hmm. so there's nothing saying she couldn't have a gun well yeah. he got access to that gun and you know carried out very bad things with it exactly so you know there's there's things like that that's like why don't we just take a look at the laws we have already and enforce those to the full extent you well, know what i mean exactly or at least and yeah maybe some law enforcement training comes into effect where it basically in their di- they vary from state to state to state. California is going to have to put on a whole other goddamn academy. <laughs> no shit, right? But, and then, yeah, make it to where, hey, this is, yeah. But you at the same time, you can't say, okay, because this person is related to a, a felon in multiple states, so we're going to take their guns away because they know this person. Right. Or because, they're, that. or because they're this person's brother or this person's sister. You know, you look at all these mass shootings. How many of these guns were either illegally acquired or stolen? Exactly. And not even necessarily stolen. But and these people were how many never times? on the map. Exactly. Or hypothetically speaking, if you walked into your dad's house and said, hey, dad, I'm taking your AR because I want to go shoot. Right. Is your dad even going to question you? No. No. Okay. Exactly. And but so, then yeah, it's that no, point. Nobody knows true intentions. Exactly. But that's where, and that's where I think the hard line comes in for, you have to be willing to protect yourself because A, there's not enough money in law enforcement right now to keep people on the road. There's a deficiency. Even, even if every law enforcement office was fully staffed, no occupancies, nothing, there's not enough on the road to protect everybody. No. There's not enough 
there's not enough money, there's not enough police officers, and then to make it even worse, because of the media or whatever you want to call it, people can't get police officers and people can't retain police officers. Right. It were it's going down and I'm I'm honestly frightened that it's we're heading right for a shit show. Oh, big time. We're already in a shit show. Before we kind of roll onto that, you know, keep going with that. So talking about officers, you know, even if we're fully staffed and all that cities with fewer than 10,000 residents report an average of three point off five officers per 1000 inhabitants, 3.5 officers per 1000. Exactly. The largest officer to individual rate among city populations groups. That was the highest. 3.5 officers per 1,000 people. Now provided, you know, those 1,000 people, you know, say you have like, you know, five to 10 shit bags. That's still though, three and a half, which isn't a full body. So we'll call it three yeah. officers to, we'll say five shit bags. What if these guys are loaded up and, you know, they know what they're doing? They mm-hmm. could pretty easily, you know, yeah, cops have good training and stuff. And I like to think that I was very well trained. But if I go up against someone who's very, you know, three, you know, me, you, and we'll say Marcus, uh, mm-hmm. go up against 10 people who are loaded down with shotguns, rifles, and they're bunkered down. Do we stand a really good chance? No. Mm, not really. really. No. And so, you know, it's just. And uh, I think I think the other thing that police officers get yourself. is, the, that's the shitty thing with police officers as well, is 99.99% of the time, we're doing the community policing, trying to have a smile on our faces, trying to be the nice guy, Look and observant but not expecting a fight like that. Exactly. If you're the shitbag and you know you're going to bring that fight at some point, uh-huh. you control when that fight takes place. Exactly. Where that fight takes place. Action versus reaction. You control all of these things that now all of a sudden either a citizen or a police officer has to respond to. Right. There are such things as dummy calls. Oh yeah. Like you look at our, our department, for instance, you know, we cover a huge area mm-hmm. with the two major towns that we respond to being an hour apart. Right. You call in a dummy call in one town and then you start a major tragedy in the other. There's a problem. Exactly. Yep. You Huge know, problem. or even not even saying dummy calls, arson, right. You light a building on fire. Clearly yeah. that's going to draw attention from a lot of people. Exactly. I was actually on a house fire call. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of cops there, a lot of firefighters and a lot of people, a lot of resources, a lot of resources, one location in one spot. Yep. Exactly. The only thing that probably weren't there were medics. Exactly. Yeah. Medics don't run around with ARs and handguns Mm -hmm. to defend the other shit that's happening. Yeah. It's sad. And like you said, all it takes is someone with a little bit of an idea of how they want to carry out a crime. You know, it's just like, look at shift changes. It's like, if you just pay attention without, without having any connections to a law enforcement department and just pay attention to when you notice when cops are on the road and when they're not, which is, you know, shift changes, usually when shift changes happen in this town, you know, you got one, maybe two guys that roll on the road until briefing and everything's done. We have an hour downtime pretty easily of when there's not a whole lot of people around. Something like that. Granted, the the officers that are in briefing are in uniform and ready to go. So if they could could run out the door pretty quickly, jump in their cars and roll. But if something happens up here, we'll say a bank, for example, and then all the guys are down here and you maybe have to worry about one, maybe two guys at the max, you could probably get, you know, carry out your plan pretty effectively before you meet opposition within a 15-minute time frame. You know, give or take, just in a just a hypothetical example but it's Mm -hmm. just like it doesn't you know not all criminals are stupid and so 
it just kind of loops back around to why not just defend yourself? Why not just rely on your own? You know, yes, we are there to help people, but also be prepared for that situation where if shit does hit the fan, you can defend yourself while you're waiting yeah. or didn't defend your family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even if it's, I don't know, even if you don't want, if you don't want to, as weird as it is for me to say and understand somebody not wanting to protect themselves. Right. Why does it matter if other people, I don't. want to. Exactly. Why, why do you have a say over what I want to do with my life and my, you know, family's, yeah. family's, um, well-being and safety? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, I agree with you 100% on that brother, that that's where it really frustrates me where you get people that, Oh, I don't like guns. Guns are bad or what have you, whatever the issue is at the time. So no one else should have it because, well, you know, that's the American's way of thinking right now is well, the minority doesn't like this. So everybody else should be the way I think, Mm -hmm. well, I'm sorry that I don't agree with your tofurkey thinking way. <laughs> but even uh, nothing I against mean, any of y'all who okay. you, yeah but let's talk about like a, a terrible situation that was made worse by a bad individual mm-hmm. uh, stoneman douglas yeah you know it's one of those things where it it should have gone completely different than what it did right and the reason it it didn't go that way you know is because of a bad police officer that was in a position he shouldn't have been in exactly and he's i mean even i think it's on amazon or something there's a documentary about building 112 which is the building that the shooting actually took place in Mm -hmm. you know they they play the radio traffic where that sro is telling police officers not to go into the building oh really yeah they play there's not it's not a reporter saying that this was said on the radio traffic they play the radio traffic no shit. Where this guy is not only not going in to protect people, but he's telling other police officers to stay the hell away. Huh. No sh. Wow. Yeah. That takes your pissed off meter to a whole new level. No. Yeah. No shit. Wow. But any anytime it happens, it's a it's a terrible situation. But there's also there's actually a father. Uh, to one of the females that was lost in that event uh-huh. that goes to Congress and goes to and gives these speeches and things like that for he's on the side of arming teachers, mm-hmm. more police officers, more SROs, because at the end of the day, there is no you can't argue it like no. normally when you see these interviews with people who talk to left wing extremists and things like that. Right. That talk about wanting to take all these guns away. You can't argue with the fact that the best way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Exactly. Because if yep. somebody walks in to a school or an office building or anything and decides that their purpose there is to kill people, mm-hmm. there's not one thing you can say or do that's going to change that. No, exactly. There's nothing. No, they've already it's, made it up in their mind. It's impossible. Yeah. They've made it up in their mind. You can't, you can try to run, but what if you're on a 10th floor? What if right. that what if that elevator that he's standing in front of is your only way out? Exactly. What if the what if he before he came up the elevator he blocked the stairs? Yeah. So you can't go down the stairs. Exactly. That's your only way out. You either jump out a window and not survive or go and hide in a corner or you protect yourself. Exactly. It's an it's an uncomfortable situation. It's an uncomfortable feeling for some people, but it's something that 
needs to be there. And that conversation needs to be had too. You can't live in this perfect little bubble. And that's, that's the problem I have too. Granted now I, and I don't even know. I mean, everybody's going to be able to say what side I'm on because it's not hard to tell. Right. But even I, I like to look at things from both perspectives. I see, I see the frustration from the, what you would say is the left. Right. I see something needs to be done. Something needs to change because as culture changes, there's, there's new issues that come up that we need to adapt in order to address them. Right. I don't think it's taking things away. No, I don't think so at all. Whether it's more resources, whether it's more alternative high schools, whether it's more, I definitely think it has something to do with more police officers in schools. Oh yeah. Because whether it's those locations that are high targets or high target locations or any location. Right. You know, but that that's going to come down to all this money that's getting put into anti-gun legislation. You'd have to convince one extreme side to take their money and put it into something that they are basically fighting against at this point. Right. Exactly. But there's no argument for there's no other way to fix it. Yeah. Exactly. No, you're even going to create more criminals if you take guns away from law-abiding people. Because in my opinion, and I'm not saying, I, I don't really worry about that ever actually coming from my profession and things like that. Right. If, if you take my guns away and you don't allow me to buy a legal firearm, I'm mm. going to go get one illegally. Yeah, exactly. To, I agree 100%. To protect myself. Right. At least. Yep. Nope. I am right on board with you there. You yeah, know, but that's just one of those things. You know, I bet you, and I know it doesn't hit the news a lot, but I would be willing to bet money that California has the highest amount of illegal firearms in the country. Oh, yeah. I can guarantee it. Between yeah. California or Chicago. Right. Whether it's criminals gaining Ill- illegal firearms because it's criminals gaining illegal firearms or it's people who, for some reason, gun laws don't allow them to gain guns legally, so they gain guns illegally. Exactly. And I, I can tell you there's people I've heard of um, in countries, you know, that don't allow anything but a hunting rifle, you know, a weapon to use during, you know, hunting or oh, target Canada? practice. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> there's people I know up there that they do. They have a pistol. Illegally. Illegally. It's completely 100% illegal. Technically illegally. Yeah. And, and the reason he has it is because, or they have them, is because they want it for self-defense or when they're out there in the woods and their rifle goes to shit and a bear comes and attacks them or they're in camp or something, Mm -hmm. they've got something on them at all times. You know, just, you know, just an example, but still it's just, you know, you look at in these people I know or certain persons that I know, they're completely law abiding citizens. But when it comes to their self-defense, they take that 100% seriously because like you said, and we've said over and over in this episode is when it comes to preserving my life over shitheads or even an animal on that extreme, on that end of it, I'm going to be the one who either is going to go down with a fight or yeah. is going to go home to my family at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. And even if that means doing that in a manner that would be considered technically, technically illegal. illegal. Exactly. But at so, the same, you know, there, we could go on and on about it all day. Right. But I think we could keep carrying this on into possibly another episode. <laughs> it probably will. Because we, we still have more to talk about our end of the world especially, stuff. Well, yeah, we kind of didn't even finish that part. We fell off on a rabbit hole. I think that's going to be in the next episode. A little bit. Yeah. Well, plus I'm sure conversations will come back up as we start having to see this chair is nice and empty right next exactly. to me. We need to. 
We need to also bring the brother-in-law in too. If you're listening, which he does listen to us, mm-hmm. you're listening. He's really big into. He's not an extreme prepper. He's just kind of one of those. You, you enjoy actually talking to him because he brings up really good, genuine ideas, and he doesn't spend a stupid amount of money on prepping stuff. He's just, he's just well prepared, and his mind is just kind of always there of like, what if this happened? This happened, you know, stuff like that. So I think we well, got some guests. We we need to really actively start bringing these people in. Yeah, we do. We need to start rocking it. Yep. But on that note, do you think uh dive into our fantastic My favorite segment of the week. Mm, I think I could agree with you. It's one of mine too. <laughs> oh, I didn't do this day in history though. <gasps> That's our new thing. Damn it, Josh. I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, why not? We did it last week, let's do this team. I'm not gonna dive into a bunch of them, but this is gonna be this day in history. So we are twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Um the Judiciary Act of 1789 is passed by Congress and signed by President George W. Sorry, not George W. Bush. George Washington. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. Establishing, establishing the Supreme Court of the United States as a tribunal made up of six justices who were to serve on the court until death or retirement. That day, President Washington nominated John Jay to preside as Chief Justice and John Rutledge William Cushing, John Blair, Robert Harrison, and James Wilson to be associated justices. There was like five names that was everybody's names back then. Yeah, right, exactly. And those were them. So yeah, the Supreme Court was established. <laughs> Good Interesting. day for America. Exactly. And then branching off of that, let's go into our fantastic hero talk. Hey. So I'm going to do my best. Not to butcher her beautiful name because you know Uh-oh. how I am with them female heroes. I, I, I love diving him. Pay due respect. Exactly. She, this one, um, not military. Like, adjust my seat here. Comfortable there? Yeah, I'm good comfortable, now. Comfortable for the story? I'm, I'm good now. All right. Story time. So, not military, not law enforcement. This is just a genuine civilian hero. And, I, you know, badass could sum her up in a way but she just yeah she's just awesome so with further ado i am gonna i'm gonna dive into this her name nirha bahanat okay i'm gonna i'm that's how i'm gonna go with it that's, we're gonna go with it yeah this is over a hijacking like an airplane overseas yeah this is an overseas hijacking oh shit had americans on it though okay so she, Bahanat. Got to add that. It had yes, Americans on it. It had Americans on it. So that's why it kind of hits our news. Was the senior flight purser on Pan Am flight 73, flying from Mumbai to the United States, which was hijacked by four armed men on September 5th, 1986. So just, just, surpassed, yep, just surpassed the anniversary of it. But okay. yeah, a few years ago. At Karachi Airport in Pakistan, the aircraft was carrying 380 passengers and 13 crew members. The terrorists wanted to fly to Cyprus with the goal of freeing Palestinian prisoners in Cyprus. Bahanat was able to alert the cockpit crew as soon as the hijackers boarded the plane and as the plane was on the tarmac. So this plane wasn't in the air It wasn't even off the ground. No. The three-member cockpit crew of of pilot, co-pilot, and flight engineer fled from the aircraft through an overhead hatch in the cockpit. As a senior most cabin crew member, Bahanat took charge of the situation inside the plane. The hijackers were 
part of the Abu Nidal organization, a Palestinian terrorist organization backed by Libya. Okay. They were targeting Americans and American assets. In the early months of the hijacking, they identified an Indian American citizen, dragged him to the exit, shot him dead, and threw his body onto the tarmac. Then the terrorists then instructed Bahanat to collect the passports of the passengers so they could identify the Americans. They're going to kill him. Oh, she shit. and the other attendants under her care charge hid the passports of the remaining 43. There's 43 Americans on board this flight. Some under a seat and the rest down a rubbish chute so that the hijackers could not differentiate between Americans and non-American passengers. After 17 hours, the hijackers opened fire and set off explosives. Bahanat opened one of the airplane doors and started helping the other passengers escape. If she wanted, like the other crew members, she could have very easily left. And she didn't. She was yeah. being a fucking hero. She could have lives. bailed. Yep. She could have been the first one to jump out and escape from the aircraft when she opened the door, but she decided not to and instead started helping the other passengers escape. So going on, she was guiding the passengers to the emergency exit. That is when the terrorists were firing constantly, fearing a commando attack, which, you know, rightly so. Fuck them. In the corner of Chihuahua, and they're going to bite you. Uh-huh. They saw Nirha relentlessly trying to help the passengers out, and that is when they caught her by her ponytail and shot her point blank. Oh, shit. Yes. And that was... So, there's there's that version. There's there's two small... There's two versions of it. There's that one, and then there's the one where she was um, shot and killed while trying to protect children. Either way. Either way, though. Either but, story you want to go with. Yeah, yeah. It's not like she, one makes a difference. No. So, she was, she was killed when she very easily could have left. She stayed and helped all those people trying to escape. And after that, she pretty, and she wasn't an American herself, mm-hmm. but she saved, you know, 46. 40, yeah. She saved a number of Americans on top of everybody else who, you know, well, even American or not saving lives like that, whether it was, she, she passed away finally trying to leave the plane or protecting children. Right. American or not lives are lives. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's goddamn heroes come in all shapes and sizes and professions and, Yep. So uh, out of the, there were, there were two Americans that were killed. A child on board was also killed. Um, it doesn't say what happened to the hijackers. Obviously they were, they were taken. Hopefully out. they burned alive. Yeah. So that's, that's my hero talk for the day. You know, just, just a civilian, not, you know, you never know. They come in all shapes, sizes and genders. Exactly. So. All 652 genders. Don't you start the bullshit with me. I should reach across this table and slap you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's always good notes and good stories and it good is. feelings to end on. So Exactly. For sure. Just remember, you don't got to be a cop to be a hero. No, this is you true. You can even be a fireman. You can even be a fireman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. We love you all. We do. We love all y'all. And we love all y'all for tuning in. So thank you for this other fabulous week of Built Blue coming to you from Groundwork Brewery. And we're going to make sure we get lots of content out there. Don't forget to check out YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Strike Force Energy, Built Blue, promo code, save you 20% off. Get mm-hmm. you a damn good discount on, some on good a, some stuff. damn good products. Oh, hell yeah. And I might drop a couple words here into the owner of this fine establishment, see if we can get you a promo code for a free beer or something when you come on down to Groundwork. That would be awesome. But until then, as always... Make sure you smoke them good cigars and enjoy a fine brew, maybe down at Groundworks, never know. Take care of each other, be safe, and we'll talk to you next time. God bless America. Oh, yeah. You know what?